That was General Johnson and the chairman of the board. Everything is Tuesday, and this is a podcast number 176 entitled Everything is Tuesday. And the very um, powerful and uh, rapt, almost hymn-like songs of Major Johnson in the canon of beach music to girls and specifically to the love of and towards and from the girls about whom he is speaking and singing and about whom all of us at that period felt we were more or less speaking or seeing and hoping for um, is a kind of window into the um, religious character. I call that in a broad sense of romantic love because it is sort of the one thing that is most appealing and for which you and I will drop everything, male or female. And this um, podcast knows no limits on the person or the um, exactitude of the object of your love. And um, I want to get into it in a way describing it as well as I've ever heard it described, but through the back door, because recently I came across a quotation that has got to be in some ways one of the most ironic um, of of all the quotations that I've run into on uh, the subject of romantic love, because in a way it... Well, I'll, I'll read it to you, and then we'll talk a little bit about it, and then we'll talk just a tad about death in, in a positive way, I hope, and then we'll conclude with another um, wonder by the general himself. This is a quotation from an Australian academic who is writing about the relation of um, leading feminist writers with the experience of and the notion of and the... Um, 
existence of romantic love. And um, I'm going to read it to you. While acknowledging the power of patriarchy and the division of spheres, Marilyn Friedman considers the central problem of love to stem from its long association with the idea of merger. In Autonomy, Gender, Politics, Friedman argues that the features of merger experienced within romantic love are that the needs and interests of each person become entwined or pooled together. Couples feel each other's highs and lows. There is mutual consideration and awareness. They care for and protect each other. They can communicate with each other efficiently. Couples make joint decisions and long-term plans. There is a division of labor. They desire to be seen as good by each other, and they want to be valued by their partners in a way that they value themselves. Friedman does not necessarily consider these features as always negative, but they can represent a significant reduction in personal autonomy. Now, did you... um, Should I read that again? I was once uh, reading the story The Gardener by Rudyard Kipling um, in a class somewhere, and uh, that story depends entirely on the way that the concluding sentence is read. And I read it, and uh, the entire story is turned on its head by just a simple word in the concluding sentence. And... um, and one dear, lovely guy in the class missed it. <laughs> and he, he, he understood the story completely 360 degrees or 180 degrees from its actual meaning. And I really felt for him because he just hadn't listened carefully to the last sentence. Let's read it again. She's listing, this Australian uh, professor is listing uh, qualities about romantic love that Marilyn Friedman underlines in her book, Autonomy, Gender, Politics. And the writer concludes... This is the end of the list by Friedman. There's a division of labor. They desire to be seen as good by each other, and they want to be valued by their partners in a way that they value themselves. Friedman does not necessarily consider these features as always already negative, but they can represent a significant reduction in personal autonomy. Well, God, I mean, when faced with a, with a series of sentences like that, you almost have to... You almost can't believe what you're reading. You almost have to say, well, is this, is, this, is this sentence a joke? Is this sentence sort of a test? Is it a form of trolling? What is going on? Because here, um, all these qualities of romantic love are qualities that any regular human being of any description out here, of any demographic and any age, would consider lovely. I mean, our needs pull together. I feel somebody else's highs and lows and they mine. Mutual consideration and also awareness. In other words, the person, you're not totally all about yourself 24-7. You actually are aware of somebody else. Are you kidding? To be cared for and protected by another person. The fact that I could communicate with each other efficiently as opposed to through Egypt, you know. The fact that we make decisions jointly, not one person making a decision and then the other is sort of left behind to either grin and bear it or resent it for the rest of her life or his life or just say, I'm out of here, sayonara. There's a division of labor. I mean, who doesn't want that? What single mom, what put-upon guy at work, what 
tail that wags the dog in your life doesn't desire a division of labor? Who doesn't want to be seen as good by the other person? And who doesn't want to be valued by your partner in, in a way similar, you know, uh, do unto others as you would have them do unto you? You know, well, you know, the, it's almost as if the sentence was this. It listed the Beatitudes. And then it said, well, now, it has to be said, in all fairness, that, f- that, that the, the, the writer doesn't completely think they are a total crock, these Beatitudes. I mean, let's, let's say that maybe the, the Beatitudes are mostly a crock, 90% of a crock, but uh, let's not assume that they're completely a crock by definition. Well, that's, that would be the equivalent of sort of counterfactual statement uh, as Friedman not considering these features as always already negative. Well, I uh, like the quote because it really helped me to understand romance. I mean, I'm very indebted to this writer and to Marilyn Friedman, apparently, who's being paraphrased here. I'm indebted because I, this is exactly what I want. I, I, am, I, am I totally hot air here? I mean, isn't this what you want? I mean, don't you want to be with someone with whom your interests, notice interests, could become entwined and actually pooled together? I mean, are, are you, do you really enjoy being alone? Aren't you sick and tired of carrying all the weight in your life? I mean, Mary and I, I mean, she does one thing, I do another. Sometimes there are aspects of our pooled life that she handles and there are aspects that I handle. Very often in certain aspects, it's unfair. There are many things she does that I don't even enter into, and it's wrong. Uh, and, um, you know, but if, if I did enter into that, would that not be a, a, a burden off her? So she wouldn't have to carry the weight of this kind of decision or that kind of decision. Or in my case, if I could talk to her about every decision, I made one decision once in my career in uh, my parish ministry that I didn't run by her. And it was a, an almost fatal error. I, I, I didn't run by a matter of policy in a parish, something I decided to do that was a mistake. And I simply failed, probably because I knew she'd slow me down. I failed, refused, did not consult her. And the result was a very, very significant error of judgment on my part. A simply a mega, laid a mega egg because I didn't. But romance, real romance, is when people do um, uh, communicate with each other efficiently, <laughs> make joint decisions and long-term plans. I mean, who doesn't want that? So when I'm told that that's a pile of, you know, uh, that these it's negative, I sort of want to say, my gosh, well, not to me. And yes, I mean, who? what is this autonomy thing? Are you all terribly in love with autonomy? Now, I do know, I do know, and I complete, please hear me on this, that uh, there are times when people are really used as doormats. There are people who are so nice and so good that other people walk over them. There are women who allow men to completely dominate them and destroy them and ultimately completely sabotage their own sense of who they are and end up making them into absolute ciphers. And it's the man's fault. And it's not good. And no wonder that there are women who, after a bad relationship like this, like, never wants to go near a fella. I mean, I can see it. And similarly, there are men who are often feel traduced by women or have been... I know some men who feel very betrayed by women. I'm not talking about me, but I do know men who felt very betrayed or lied to or, you know, uh, frailty thy name is woman, you know, uh, who've been let down by women, especially in romantic situations, deeply let down by a cowardly woman or whatever. And they feel very, very strongly. And they say to me the same thing that Dionne Warwick used to say, I'll never fall in love again. Well, of course, until tomorrow, you know, what did she say in that song? I'll never fall in love again. I'll never until next week. But nevertheless, with a lot of this bitterness. And if there's bitterness, who wants, who wants it? Who wants them? You know, I'd rather go to a movie. Let's have pizza, a glass of wine, a pizza, and maybe a movie alone, please. Or I can just take it at my own pace, all right? All right? And not having to constantly kowtow to your interests. And after all, you left me. I didn't leave you. God, 
You know, I mean, this is the kind of thing you think. So um, I know where people are coming from. I'm not different than you. I've had those experiences myself. And I just want to say, out of here. Absolutely never again. Ni immer. But um, actually, if I could be persuaded that this person fit the bill, according to Marilyn Friedman's somewhat, I guess, what's the word? Uh, um, counter? What's the word? A counter example? There's a word for this. Um, when you're uh, really um, the opposite, uh, you, you're, you're underneath it, <laughs> sabotaging. She, she, she's, she's. If, if, if I, if I cannot, if I can take this definition on its own terms, then I, I want it. I, I mean, and I, I don't think you don't. Am I wrong here? At least in principle. And notice that this. I, I say to myself, well, if, if these features are negative, all these giving, loving features of merger, if that's the, if the target, if the enemy is merger, well then, uh, hey, what do you think about death? I mean, while we're at it, you know, if, if um, merging myself with someone else and giving up myself and giving up my own prerogatives to share in a shared prerogative with someone else who actually cares for me and loves me and wants my best interests as I want hers, well, if that's bad, if that's always already negative, well, I, tell, me what, tell me what you think about death. I mean, where, where are you with death? Remember what uh, Frau Moltmann said. Frau Moltmann was visiting her famous friend who was one of Germany or Germany's leading feminist theologians who was dying very near death of a fast advancing cancer. And she said to uh, Frau Moltmann, what can feminist theology do for me now? Well, what can any good idea or bad idea do for you? You want these things, mutual consideration, love to be valued. You want someone to communicate with you right now. Uh, and so if, if these things are, are, are a problem for the ego, well, hey, I got a bitch bigger problem. Huh? And it's called Don't Fear the Reaper. Wasn't it that the Oyster Bay cult? The something cult. Oyster cult? Blue Oyster cult. <laughs> Oyster Bay. I knew a guy from Oyster Bay. Anyway, um, that's all I have to say. Um, we heard it from General Johnson in Everything is Tuesday, because I met you on Tuesday. And we're going to hear it again in a kind of hymn to an other who the singer wants to get next to and merge with ultimately and get married to, come together with, come together Right now, isn't that from um, Abbey Road? Isn't that the first song on side two of Abbey Road? Oh, does that bring back memories? Anyway, I think it's come to, who doesn't want to come together? I mean, whatever specific or metaphorical meaning you wish to convey or John Lennon meant, who doesn't want that? Well, um, at death, I certainly know that there's no future in Paul Zoll's personal autonomy. Uh, that, I wish there were, but there, I was looking through some old photographs of myself uh, today because I was cleaning out a box. And I looked at all these things. I said, you know, he's not going to be around after death. I mean, uh, you know, all that, all those problems he had, all those issues he had, all those attitudes he had, all those mistakes he made. Does he really want to uh, spend a lot of time with them in something like ultimate reality, eternity, and cosmic one-to-one uh, -one, um, until we have faces. Uh, um, hello, darkness, my old friend. I mean, <laughs> what, what do I want? I want to be one-to-one -one with God, um, not through a glass darkly, but with him face-to-face. -face. 
And that's all that I really want. And uh, so in a way, thank you, Australian author, and thank you, Marilyn Friedman, if that's in fact what you said, that you have so beautifully stated the absolute essence of what it is to be a happy human being. And um, that goes forever. That goes for today, yesterday, today, and forever. Thank you so much.